Hey, what's up? It's Seth Grimes, and you're about to listen to an episode of my very first podcast ever. It's called The Underground Sound. It ran from about 2009 all the way up through about 2014. And uh, it's got a lot of interviews with people that I worked with back in the day, both in wrestling and in music. So check them out. What up, everybody? My name is The Sheep, and this is The Underground Sound, the podcast for your mom's ass. And on this here episode, we're back. It's been a little while, uh, but we got a great uh, we got a great interview here today with Coded Reason, formerly known as Code Man. Uh, he is a hip hop performing artist. He is also a audio engineer with Coded Waves, and uh, we're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk all about uh, all kinds of cool things. Uh, we're gonna talk a lot of rap. You know, we're gonna talk about. Uh, um, just the methodology of being a, a hip hop artist and performing and and creating albums and, and everything that goes along with that. Um, we're also going to talk about um, the Coded Waves, his uh, engineering business and, and the different types of projects that he does with that. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, just different things that have to do with life. I mean, you know, we just had a good conversation. I had a whole list of notes. Um, like things I wanted to talk about and I feel like we nailed a lot of them, but, um, once we sat down together, we just kind of started talking and, and a lot of this, almost all of this conversation just kind of came right off the top. So it's in a really random order. Um, and it's just, it's a good conversation. We talk about a lot of cool stuff and, and it was fun to sit down with them. Uh, I feel like we got to the root of the person. Uh, we're also going to talk a lot about, uh, he, he had, a um, a lot of heart surgeries, um, he's got issues with his heart. We're going to talk about that as well. And uh, he's just got a really great story, a very powerful story, um, powerful message. Um, and I think uh, everybody needs to take time to listen to this one. Uh, Coded Reason, the Code Man. Um, it's a great conversation with a local Michigan MC. And uh, I'm going to just not talk your ear off anymore, and we're just going to get right into it. Code Man. And uh, I hope you enjoy. It's the Underground Sound, the podcast for your mom's ass, bitch. All right, well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get started here. I'm with the uh, with the Code Man, Coded Reason. Cody yeah. Stevenson, what do you what do you go by nowadays? Um, as an artist, your performer name. As a performer, it is officially Coded Reason. Okay, yes. all right. So uh, let's uh, let's get right into just you know a brief introduction of who you are, why we're talking to you, what's going on. You got a light up cup. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How does that happen? Yeah, man. Um, so I bought, I saw an ad on Facebook, and it was a. Uh, this is the Hydrate Spark okay. water bottle, and it's a Bluetooth water bottle. Really? I've never How does... A... Why? What's well, the, what do you need a Bluetooth water bottle for? Right, exactly. And a lot of people were like, why? Does <laughs> but, it play music or something? No. Um, so basically, I've never been an avid water drinker at all. Mm. I, it's just one of those flaws of mine. True. And I'm trying to get better with my health, you know, heart condition and everything, just trying to be better. Yeah. 
and I saw this and it's supposed to really just help you like basically remind you hence why it just glowed at you. so does it work with like an app on your phone or is yeah. it just kind of yeah so remind you or both it syncs with uh, your phone and you have like a goal every day it sets a goal for you for how many ounces of water you want to drink or you really? should drink and if you get behind it starts going at you like it just did nice and it's saying hey drink yeah so yeah and uh, it's it's actually helped it's actually really helped i I go to the bathroom a lot more now, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's been good, man. So I'm hey, whatever yeah. works to keep you on track, exactly. right? Exactly. So that's whatever, awesome, man. People can make fun of me. I don't care. No, dude, that's that's <laughs> great. I love it. I wish I had a light up water bottle. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, talk about a little bit, uh, just in briefly. You know, we'll go into more detail, but who we are, why we're talking with you here today. Yeah. So. Um, my name is Cody Stevenson, and I've been doing music since about 2014, 2015. Started getting serious uh, about 2016 when I was in high school, and uh, released my first album in 2017. And it was under the stage name Code Man. And it wasn't until 2017. 2017. Didn't you have? Uh... You had the projects out when we were working together in the, like 2010, 11 ish, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Wasn't an oh, official oh, album. Did I say 2017? Yeah, yeah. You said you released your first oh, album man. in 2017. My bad. 2007. I was going to say, wait a minute. Wow, You've been dude. around a little longer than that. 2000. <laughs> wow, man. I got to go to bed or something. <laughs> yeah. So, 2000. Okay, let me back up. Yeah. So, 2000. Um, no, 2005, I started. Okay. I started getting um, writing and whatnot in 2004, 2005. In 2006, I really decided to, okay, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And then 2007, um, January of 2007, I released my debut album under the stage name Codeman. And um, that same year, I released another album. Um, it was in November of 2007. And... So that was my second album. And then I released a mixtape in 2008. And then didn't release anything until 2010 when I was up in Marquette, mm. up at Northern. And, um, you know, long story short, just, just tried to, um, <laughs> just tried to basically play the game and, you know, just doing performances, did a lot of performances with you. And, yeah. Um, you know, Hip Hop Coalition up at Northern Michigan University and did a lot of shows in Traverse City area and um, did music videos, released singles, have been featured on, you know, major websites like MTV, Billboard, um, whatnot. Really? Let's talk about that right now because I, I did. Okay. How, how did you end up? You're on MTV's website? What's up with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So I had an ad. Um, it was actually for. Um, I don't know if you remember, it was my 2012 album, Some of All of It. Mm -hmm. So my first single that came out of that was uh, Wrong One, featuring Six. And we did, we shot a music video in Traverse City um, for that, and so we were trying to push that single. Like, mm -hmm. That was the single that we were going to get out there to whoever would even bother to listen. Yeah. And so basically I... I uh, basically did this ad campaign uh, through Reverb Nation. Mm -hmm. 
And so basically Re Reverb Nation helped you um, basically get an ad on major sites like MTV, Billboard, um, Pitchfork, uh, Double XL. So you'll, you'll pay through them and then they place your ads on all the mainstream right, right, spots. Okay. Right, exactly. So, um, but nonetheless, it was on there. Mm -hmm. And uh, that song sold quite a bit of units. Um, nothing fantastic. Sure. I think it was over probably like 3,000 or something. Jesus. 3, sold? Yeah. Wow. Just the yeah. single? Yeah, just the single. Wow. Yeah. That's huge, dude. Yeah, That's so, awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was good. Um, that was throughout its um, its lifetime. It wasn't mm. like within that marketing campaign. Do you attribute it to mostly to the marketing campaign for the, that amount of sales? Or um, do you feel like you have a, a lot of a fan base built in at this point for that? I think at that point there was a pretty good fan base. Um but I think I would contribute the majority of it to that campaign. But there was a lot of other things I was doing as well, um, as far as trying to market and promote it. I did a lot of um, did a lot of promotion stuff with local companies, trying to basically have it in their stores. You know, just like little flyers, brochures, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I was really trying to make it a local thing as well. Mm. And so, I really feel like the mixture of everything that I did was the result of of that song being as big as it was. And it still wasn't that big. Yeah, no, that's that's big for an independent. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, I, I would consider, uh, in, in no offense, because I'm in the same boat, <laughs> like bottom level, maybe not bottom, bottom level, but right. very low level independent artists, right. you know, we're not... Right nationally no, touring no, or no, you know um <laughs> very local on the grind and everything yeah. so i mean three thousand that's right shit i've never sold anything for three three thousand <laughs> anything before so right yeah and, you know in the music video uh between every platform that it was on you know like youtube vivo uh vivo yeah youtube vivo um facebook uh vimeo whatever it was like it, w it was over like 40,000 views. So, wow. Which, you know, was rocking it. Yeah, time, yeah, know, that's so. awesome. <laughs> but. And you had that, do you, did you have that monetized through YouTube yes. and everything? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. So. Not, a little, not bad. A little tiny bit of money. Yeah, of yeah, course. For YouTube, it's probably like yeah. send you a $5 check. Yeah, for... <laughs> those, those royalties aren't that great yeah. on streaming services. <laughs> um, shit, man. Music videos. You know, that's something like. I went out and dabbled, but it was really like handy cam, homemade, mm -hmm. low budget, low quality, everything. Right. Your music videos, and I'm jumping around here because I'm not even going off my list of notes <laughs> that I had or anything. We're just having a conversation right, here. Right. So we'll get into everything else, but uh -huh. your music videos, man, were very well produced, very high quality. Thank you. Um, what went into making those videos? Uh, did you work... Because I know you had at least one or two that you did when you were up in Marquette. We'll mm -hmm. talk more about that. Yep. Um, and then whatever you've done since then, like the one you were just talking about. Um, are you using like uh, college tech kids that are helping out with that kind of thing? Are you paying like a, a company that, to do it? Or how um, did those come about? Really both. Um, the very first music video that I did was When She off the Detroit That was the album. one with the girl, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. And with, with ER. Yep. Yep. 
man, uh, he's doing good for himself too. Yeah, right man. Now. Yeah, uh, I actually talked to him a couple weeks ago. He seems like he's doing good. Yeah, man. sidebar, but yeah, yeah, he's, yeah I yeah. see him on his yeah. ground too. Shout out to ER. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, continue. Um, but yeah, so when we were when we were getting ready to shoot that video, um, Lucas Lamone, Soul, mm-hmm. um, Young Liberty, mm-hmm. that's what he's called now. Um, he was really good friends with a um, art student at the time at Northern um, named Bryce, and he just talked up this dude. Said this guy is just amazing at what he does. Maybe we can, you know, get him to shoot a video for us. And Bryce was actually looking for um, a final project for school. Yeah. Too. So we just collaborated, and so the music video became Bryce's final project for his class. That's awesome. So it just, it was kind of like, hey, you know, I get my final project, you get your music video. And so there was no, you know, money involved or anything like that. It was just, you know, helping each other out kind of thing. And he had access to the college's cameras and everything yeah. too, because they got that little closet with yeah. all the equipment in it yeah, and everything. And, yeah, and I don't know if uh, if it was like the college's um cameras or if it was his or whatnot but mm-hmm. very yeah. high quality yeah that video yeah it was it that was, was your very, first video that, that you did very first music video so it kind of set the bar for everything else that i had to do because you know i felt like if i went backwards with any video right like, you couldn't go do it like a low budget right, video right, after that yeah right. so yeah man it was just it, it was awesome it was um i was very honored and proud that that was my very first music video yeah um but it didn't make things harder <laughs> as it came because you had to hold up to that quality right. at that well point. well because bryce you know he moved mm. out to california and so it's like okay now i gotta find a new yeah. videographer yeah. and so just trying to find people around you know traverse city and marquette and whatnot it just it, it didn't make it hard but you know, I, I found people and did what I had to do. And What was the music video shooting experience like for you? Because I know it can be weird, you know, doing retakes and just yep. trying to, especially you were out in public for that first one. So, yeah, like, people yeah. are watching. Like, how was that whole experience for you, just filming it? I've done a lot of public <clears throat> videos. I, do you direct your own? Like, are you like, okay, now I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that? Or do you have somebody that kind of well, works with you and does um, that for you? At that point... When we were shooting the When She video, it was really a learning experience. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what we were trying to do. Yeah. And, um, we kind of like did a little storyboard. We kind of wanted to do this, do that. and um, But we just kind of ran with, you know, we just went with the flow. Mm-hmm. And as I've done more music videos and kind of understand a little bit more now on how it's done. Yeah. Um, I like to be really involved with the story of it and with the shots and uh, I'm kind of a what's the proper word I'm very particular in the yeah you know like, sure I just want to make sure the shot is you yeah know, is absolutely. captured correctly and so um, I remember for uh, the music video wrong one which was the first um, single on some of all of it um, me and Six, who was the feature um, on that song, me and him just sat down and just storyboarded out. We grabbed you know a whole bunch of pieces of paper and just like was writing notes and little making little drawings and stuff like that and just just really mapping out each scene yeah. and just really trying to figure out the flow of everything. 
And then we got with um, the videographer for that was uh, Keith Zielinski for 5830 Productions. He's worked with um, Bazaar and King Gordy, you know, people like that. He shot music videos for nice. a lot of people. He's good at what he does. Mm -hmm. um, so we ended up having him shoot the video and we shot that video in one day. We got together um, with all of the, the um, actors and stuff, got together at like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. And we were in downtown Traverse City, and me and uh, Six had our, you know, had our notes and everything. And we um, beforehand we, you know, showed it to Keith, and yeah. so he knew what was going on. And um, we just we basically just went down the line. It's like okay, now we gotta do this. Now we gotta do this. We gotta do this. We had our locations picked out. Yeah. Um, there was a recording studio in Traverse City. It's not open now, but um, Keith was actually really good friends with the owner. And I recorded one of my songs there as well, so I kind of knew the owners as well. And yeah. um, but we decided we were going to use the studio as one of the scenes. So um, you know, going back to having the locations picked out, um, like we had everything planned with everybody, and we we planned it out with um, the the coffee shop in um, downtown Traverse City, and we were going to come in there, and they said it was okay for us to film and. Whatnot. So just we had everything planned before the day of the shoot, and that shoot went so smoothly. And it was like, I think like a 12, 13 hour shoot. Wow. It was it was long. Yeah. But it went so smoothly because we had everything prepared. Yeah. And that's how I want to do my videos from now on. And I've done videos before um, to where it just didn't work out that way. You know, working with some people. Um, it just it just didn't work out that way, you know. Whether it was, you know, their fault, my fault, whoever, you know, yeah. not not placing blame. It's just some things just don't work out, mm -hmm. and that's just life. Mm -hmm. Things just don't yeah. work out. Yeah. But as far as the music videos go, I I try and be very particular and try and have everything planned out before we actually go into shooting because just from past experiences, I've learned that it's it's uh it's rough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, how do you go about picking <clears throat> like what song you want to do a video for? Is it just really like, okay, so this is my single or my two singles or whatever off the album, so let's do videos for these and it's as simple as that? Or does something about the song strike a concept in your mind that maybe this wouldn't normally be a single, but because you have a great idea for a video to this, you want to just do a video? Um, before, I used to... Like, I would write the entire album and listen to every single song and just really just try and figure out what song is going to resonate the best with, with the audience. Mm. And m more more than not, it was, I always chose um, girl songs, breakup songs. Sure, or something of course. Like that because yeah. everybody can relate Hell to yeah, those, dude. you know? So, um, so I tried to do those. Um... And I would get second opinions from, you know, people I was working with saying, hey, you know, what song off the album do you think would be the single? Yeah. Would be like the lead single. What would be the fo the follow-up? What would be, you know, the third single, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I would get a lot of feedback for sure. Um, now I'm really, now I think I'm going to, I'm going to use people that I know and get their feedback but I'm also going to pitch it to, um, to just random people. So 
just just basically have them listen to the listen to the song that I think should be a single, but maybe it's not gonna resonate well with people. Yeah. So then I'll pitch it to to you know all these people that maybe don't know who I am, whatever. I'm trying to figure out exactly how to do this. Yeah. But you know, uh, you know, don't know who I am. Um, they listen to the song and then they just give feedback and saying, okay, I liked this, I liked this, it reminded me of this, it was, you know, it reminds me of this artist, um, you know, and if it, you know, if more so, if a lot of people like the song and, um, based off of their reactions and their feedback, it could be, that could be the single. Yeah. You know, or it could not be the single. Maybe it flops completely yeah. and it's like, okay, I got to fix something else. <laughs> How are you with people's feedback on music? Because um, as an artist, um, I feel like artists for the most part are pretty sensitive people. Yeah. So like yeah. if somebody gives you not so thrilling uh, critique or advice on, on the music, yeah. it can kind of sting your ego a little bit. At the same time, depending on who you're asking, like I know with me, like, I really take musicians' opinions to heart really strongly. Yeah. But then, like, for example, like, there's a guy I work with, and uh, I played him one of my newer songs, and he was just like, oh, it's really good, but, like, could have came a little harder on the chorus. And he's, like, a metal guy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, it's, it's a rap song, not a metal song. So, right, like, right. I, I like it the way it is, right. but thanks for your opinion. So sometimes I, like, completely disagree yeah. with him, too. Like, how, how do you take all that? Well, music <clears throat> is a very subjective thing. You know, I mean, everybody just has their own their own style, their own likes and dislikes. Yeah. So, obviously, you can't take what everybody says. You know, basically take it with a grain of salt. You can't take it to heart. Yeah. Um, like but one guy says, "Oh, you got to come harder on the hook." Okay, let me just change the whole thing. Really quick right, right, so right, you exactly. like? I'm it. not gonna base. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna base the song off of one person. Right. If there's a whole bunch of people saying the same thing, then mm -hmm. maybe it's true. Yeah. Because maybe they are, you know, whether or not they are people who are just, they're just listeners and they're not musicians or they're mm. not audio engineers or not, you know, um, A&Rs or whoever. Yeah. Um, they're just our normal, you know, fan base and they're saying, oh, this is not working too well. Mm. I try not to take that to heart because... I feel like every artist, no matter who you are, no matter how good you are or how bad you are, um, we there's always going to be a bad song. Yeah, I, yeah. I just feel like there's, there's <laughs> always going to be a bad song, no matter who yes. you are. Yeah. You know, I mean, you take you know, you take Eminem. He's getting a lot like of his whole a lot whole of album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's getting a lot. I of didn't flag. like it at all. Um, and but you know but then you take somebody like NF I guess you know mm -hmm. we're just talking about NF if you take somebody like NF he's gonna get flagged too because mm -hmm. not a lot of people are gonna you know there's gonna be people that are gonna say eh, I don't like how he's angry all the time yeah. or I don't like how he mixes the singing and the rapping I don't yeah. think he can sing well which he can mm -hmm. he can hold a note he can he does this yeah. thing very very well you're just always gonna get that feedback mm -hmm. so Really, I just try and kind of take it with a grain of salt, um, and I just kind of push it out of the way. That's why I don't. I, I try not to read into the comments, especially when I release a song. Yeah. Because, you know, we can. It's it's depressing at some point. Yeah. You know? But 
there's a lot of positive feedback too and so I really think it's just, you know, it's going to be a mixture, you know, everybody is so different and it's always going to be a subjective thing. Music is such a sub, uh, subjective thing, so. And you know, there comes a point where you gotta, um, you gotta release it out into the world too, mm -hmm. I think. Uh, I don't remember yes. the exact wording, but um, Slug from Atmosphere had said once that, like, something to the effect of, like, you can only go over a song so many times and try to nitpick every little hair right. on it to try to perfect it so much at some point you just gotta like let it leave the right. nest you know and nope. like that's your art project wasn't perfect mm -hmm. could use some work but it's as good as you're gonna get it right now or it's good enough to get right. out there so you can only do so much and then you gotta move on to your next project right. and that's not saying like you half-assed it or didn't put enough effort into it it's mm -hmm. just like that's your art. That's the project you created. I'm sure you can adjust levels and stuff like that. But you know, to to go in and try to nitpick every word or you know try to re do rewrites and that that kind of thing. Like at some point, you yeah. just gotta kind of let your heart guide you on those things. I per I personally believe <clears throat> that no song is a hundred percent finished. Yeah. Um, whether it's been out for years or it's coming out this year, it's not done. No song could ever be completely done i believe that there's always something you can change there's always a level you yes. can fix whatever but you do have to let it just let it go you know you get it to the the best that you possibly can at that time mm -hmm. and then when it's released and then maybe you're listening to it after it's released and it's done and you're saying wow i wish i would have changed that volume or, yeah. i wish i would have added this effect or took off that effect or yeah you know added more reverb on you know the chorus or something mm -hmm. like that there's always especially as artists we nitpick our stuff dude I, yeah and so <laughs> there's always going to be that so i believe 100 percent that no artist is going to say this is 100 percent done yeah and, never. and this is ready for release and this will never be anything different mm -hmm. there's always something when i when i had created a final project and you listen to it 20, 30 times because you do, you know, you go through and listen to every little detail about it. Mm -hmm. um, you're always finding shit, at least I do, I know I do. Yep. Where I there's do. like, oh, that I don't like the way I rapped that. I was a little off key or just I could have did it different or yep. I don't like the way that that was mixed quite. It right. just doesn't sound quite right. But to spend time just like being super anal about those things, yep. you're you're just gonna yeah. drive yourself crazy and that's you know it's funny because you know because i am a certified audio engineer that's what i went to school for yeah. and so like i can i can mix music and you know i do i do mix music but i've come to terms and i've accepted that i will not mix my own stuff really Yes. Not at all? Not even not, a first pass through or nothing and not, send not, it to master? Not anymore. Wow. Yep. So I won't do it. This new EP under Coded Reason, um, I'm going down to Illinois actually in a couple weeks. And um, my producer, I'm working with a producer now. Mm -hmm. um, him and I actually worked together at um, Amazon. Okay. Um, when I was living down here in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. Um decided that uh i was gonna hire him as the producer he was gonna overlook everything and basically i mean he's a huge hip-hop nerd um just an amazing 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 person 
um, but an amazing um, audio engineer, amazing entrepreneur, amazing hip hop head. He just has that knowledge and he has, he knows how to do it. And working with him at Amazon, like him and I just became really good friends and being around him, um, it just made me more comfortable saying, okay, this, if, if I let this guy um, mix my music and I don't touch it, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Because I've heard his mixes. Mm-hmm. I've heard his products and I know it's going to be amazing. And my last Codeman project that I that I released, it was um, it was a rendition of my debut Codeman album, mm-hmm. um, Army One. Um, I actually had people from Kraz, some of my classmates, um, mix that. So I didn't even touch that either. So why do you why what, do you think you're just you're gonna be too nitpicky about your yes, own stuff? Yes, that's exactly why. Because um, I. I one I'm busy (laughs) there you go yeah so I don't have time to sit here and mix my own stuff and that's that's bad to say and it's Mm -hmm. it's terrible (laughs) um but um just you know with my job I'm just really really busy with my job and so one I can't find the time to do that let alone write yeah this EP should have came out back in August Mm -hmm. it should it should have been out and we're now just getting into the recording phase in a couple weeks. Yeah. Like, it's just nuts how long this is dragged out. And so, one, I don't have the time to do it. I won't find the time to do it just because of the person I am, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and two, what, if I did do it, it's not going to get done because I am going to nitpick. That's yeah. how we are. Yeah. And so letting somebody else do it, especially somebody that I really trust, mm-hmm. letting him do it, I know it's going to be taken care of, and I know it's going to be a good product. So I want to pick your brain a little bit because I always find this interesting talking to other rappers because I feel like everybody does it different. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's your process in creating an album, um, EP, or full length, or whatever the deal is, whatever you're putting out? Are you somebody that gets your beats first and then writes the beats? Do you write and then find beats that fit that? A little bit of both. Um, start with that. How do you go about that? Um, I would say a little bit of both, but mostly I I find my beats and then I write to those, mm-hmm. mostly. Um, but it's crazy because I could write something that I could have wrote to a different beat. And then it's, it's actually funny because one of the songs on the new EP, um, I wrote, so the first verse I wrote um, on a beat from uh, cool Nerd Productions, which is uh, Corey Barton, um, Cool Nerd. He goes by Cool Nerd. Okay. Um, that is my producer. So nice. Shout out to Cool Nerd. Cool Nerd. Yes. Um, so, the first verse of this this song, I wrote to one of his beats, and then um, the second verse was actually for an entirely different song that I wrote to a completely different beat. Mm-hmm. And then the way that um, it just the way that it just happened. The first and the second verse, that's now a completely different beat. Neither beat, not from Cool Nerd, not from, yeah. I can't remember who the other producer was, but it wasn't even their beats. Now it's a completely different beat from another producer, but it's the same verses. Yeah. And so, like, I find myself writing 
um, writing either acapella or writing two beats that could very well just change. Mm -hmm. um, but mainly, I, I guess going back to your question of you know what what's my writing process or my creative process yeah. is, I try and have a subject first. Um, and I know a lot of people say, just write, mm -hmm. you know, just write, just get the creative juices flowing, which I do sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, and it's been hard. Um, these past, the past year is, has been really hard because I stopped after, uh, after code man. And I decided like, I'm done with music. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to yeah. focus on audio engineering. I decided I wasn't going to do it. So I stopped writing. I stopped trying to be creative. Mm -hmm. And then when I decided that I was going to do it again, um, I had to like basically relearn. And so it was hard because um, just trying to figure out how to write again and how I did it before is like, I don't remember how I did yeah. it before. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, you know, it is a mixture of both as, as far as the writing process. It's, it's finding the beat. And then writing to the B or it's maybe I just I had an idea and so I started writing towards that idea as an acapella and then I revise it you know for the beat so yeah it's just it's just a mixture of both um, yeah what goes into uh, kind of switching gears just a little bit because I also find this interesting as a as a artist who is getting older myself um, we're like you said you had quit rap and you were done with code man i had run its course i i had reached a similar point after uh i left the up yeah i was kind of just done being a rapper you know but like i feel like if you're a true artist it, it doesn't go away you can't exactly. get that out of your system you have to create music whether exactly. you do anything with it or not um, where's your mindset with that? Cause like I struggle personally with like, do I want to be the aspiring rapper guy when I'm in my early to mid thirties, you know, I'm 34 now, freshly 34. Like how often, how long do I want to be the aspiring rapper guy? And at what point am I just like, uh, living, uh, how do you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it, you go from potential to just kind of being like washed up or a joke or like, right what went into wanting to quit being code man what went into coming back and wanting to create new music and how do you feel about that like do you feel like because there's so many and i know i'm kind of just like loading up this question here there's a lot of like i say hip-hop's like a young man's game and there aren't a lot of young artists but like mm -hmm. at the same time all your old artists are still doing it you know mm -hmm. and some of them are getting shittier like eminem but like <laughs> i mean there's it's there it ain't there's no there's artists well into their 40s and 50s rapping mm -hmm. what's your mindset on all that <clears throat> i think every artist goes through a phase like how you and i did eminem you know of course he he, he has i think we just go through a phase of like what do we when do we stop mm -hmm. you know yes i mean as far as eminem i mean he's done everything yeah so, I mean, he's said in so many songs, like, now I'm just, like, I'm just doing it, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, as far as us being aspiring artists and mm -hmm. not 
I mean, we don't have the followings like Eminem or right. You know, a- anybody like that. So it's like, do we try? Like, when do we stop trying to pursue this and trying to be a rapper? Yes, exactly. Know? And for me, um, well, going back, I, I I personally believe everybody's story is different. There, there's just so many different reasons why. So for me, when I was Code Man, I went through a lot of um, just, it, it was a learning process. And it was a lot of growing and a lot of trial and error of basically I was being everything that I am not. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's what it's come down to um, with now I'm Coded Reason. Um, but with Code Man, it was, I was being the artist that everybody wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. I was playing that role. I was playing that act. I had that mask on of, I am Code Man. I'm the guy who hosts at the club every weekend. Yeah. You know, I do these fundraisers and I go out and party every weekend. Mm-hmm. And I'm living the local hip hop celebrity life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like... I was doing that and don't get me wrong it was fun at the time yeah but it's not who i am and when i decided to quit and focus on audio engineering and i ended up going back to school i moved out to arizona um not to get religious on you but i i found i found god i -hmm. guess if you know if uh if you want to go that route I basically found what I needed in my life to make me realize that there's a lot I need to work on, but I am in a better place than what I was back then. Yeah. And I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, I'm always, always continuing to work on myself. And that is why I wanted to come back as Coded Reason because I wanted to basically start over again and say, all right, let's do it the way that it should have been done. Mm-hmm. The way that I feel like it should have been done. And I want to be able to tell my story correctly. And I want to be able to um, inspire others to look at my story of, you know, I, I have this heart condition. I have lived in fear for so long. And I want people to look at me and saying he made it out of that he's been through all of this and he made it out of that and i can too Mm -hmm. what and whatever that person's passion is i hope that even if it's just one person i hope that one person looks at me and says okay he's doing it and you know this is awesome i just i love his story and i hope that you know i want to try and pursue my passion yeah what whatever passion that is skateboarding whatever yeah um and so you know my my whole my whole um direction now is basically to be as vulnerable as i can yeah um you know i'm not i'm not the perfect person i am i don't want to try and say that i have it all together because there's yeah no way i do um I want people to see that everybody struggles, but as long as you have that positivity and you have that faith in yourself and 
you know, faith in what whatever you believe. If you don't believe whatever, as long as you have faith in yourself and you are looking at every situation, no matter if it's a if it's a bad situation, you try and find the positive in it. And um, that is kind of one of my that's really my uh, I guess my slogan now. My my um, I don't know what the word I I'm, I'm gonna say slogan. Sure, that works. <laughs> um, <laughs> is build positive is every day we wake up and we're always trying to better ourselves so why not try and build build from that build from yesterday whatever negatives happened yesterday whatever positives happened yesterday build from that today and just keep trying to build up and just build positive so lay the foundation and just build positive yeah and do that by trying to build hope in yourself, trying to build love in the relationships that you have with, you know, your significant other, your your family, your kids, your your dog, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it don't matter. Um, you know, so you know, b- build your hope, build your love, build your faith, build your strength, and just keep laying that foundation and just keep building positive. I love that because it's not a religious message. It's a positive message. And I think, like you said, be vulnerable and everything. I think a lot of people won't like to admit it or be vulnerable or or admit things that they're struggling with or their issues. But everybody has them. Mm -hmm. And everybody's going through a lot of the same things that we're all going through. So when that's in your message and that's what you're putting out, people are going to be drawn to you because it's real because they can relate to it mm-hmm. and not a lot of people out there are talking about that kind of stuff either right. so yeah. that's it's a very positive thing and and build positive i like that too because um <clears throat> in my personal life so like short sidebar here so i ended up downstate from the up because i got a divorce mm-hmm. and i was not very good to my kid's mom um we just didn't have a good relationship and i feel like what I took from that was that there was a lot to me that was a I was a very negative person for a while and uh, I feel like now I try to kind of the same principles as build positive like I just try to carry love with me and everything mm-hmm. I do yeah um, you know love my friends love my family love the girl or whoever you know and just try to be positive about everything and try to come from that position of love right. and and get rid of the negativity because I think yeah. that really brings people down and yeah. hurts people. And it's just a great message to put out there. Yeah. And it can reach everybody. It's not a religious thing. So it's right, very cool. Right, exactly. You know, I just, you know, with, with that message, you know, like I don't want it to seem like, you know, oh, he you know, he has it all together and this is what he's trying to do. He's trying to be a motivational speaker yeah. because, he, you know, he's went through this and whatnot. I'm still going through You're this. right there with us, with everybody yeah, else. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. So if you're going through something, I'm probably, you know, I might be going through it too, yeah. you know? And um, I hope that, you know, the new music, um, what whatever I'm going to be talking about in the music, uh, whatever experiences I'm going through, I know people are going to be going through it as well. Yeah. So it's for for me i'm always growing and i'm always trying to take every new day as a positive 
you know, basically spin it into a positive day. And, yeah. Um, you know, no matter, you know, if I break down, you know, on the side of the road because or I ran out of gas or something, like, you know, I'm not going to throw a fit or, you know, whatever. I'm going to be upset. I mean, yeah, that, of course. Sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people who basically something that something negative that happens like that or they get in an argument with their their boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever um and they turn that temporary little situation into an all-day thing mm-hmm. and so now you're just living in negativity for that day and spreading it around and to everybody then, you're you, interacting and mo- with yeah and most likely you're going to go into the next day with that same mind frame and it's going to cause a ripple effect because right, now if exactly. you go home and you're a dick to your girlfriend then she's going to be mad at you. Then that fight's going to carry over right. into tomorrow. And she's, you know, you're going to wake up in a bad mood because it just, yeah, it's a trickling effect. And it just, right, exactly. And so, you know, I just hope that, you know, people can just really understand, like, things happen. It's life. Life happens. But if we try and look at it in a positive light, then we can move forward. Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, overcome whatever that that situation was, and just move forward with the day and be be happy, yeah. <laughs> you know. And then go into the next day, and it's a fresh start, mm-hmm. and just build from it, and just continue, just continue to build those steps, and keep, um, you know, and just just keep rising and rising and rising until you get to the highest point of your positivity that you can go, and you're just living living good, you know kind of going back to the beginning here with things and piggybacking off of that mm-hmm. how does a person like you stay positive um with all the shit that you've been through in life you know because you had touched on your heart issues a couple times here kind of want to talk about that what you went through uh as a kid how it affects you to this day and how do you try to uh, where you found the strength to move forward through that and uh, where do you find the strength today yeah, so I guess starting off with the heart condition, you know, I was born, I was born with a very rare, um, very rare heart condition called hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And basically, what that is is my, um, my left, yeah, so my, my left ventricle, um, basically, the left side of my heart, um basically didn't want to do anything. So the right side of my heart had to do double the work. So it mm-hmm. put a lot of stress on my heart and therefore I had low oxygen levels and I was born in the state of Wyoming where there's mountains, high mm-hmm. elevations. And so basically um, at three weeks old, the doctors found out that um, I had this heart condition and I had to get um, air flighted or whatever the proper word is, mm-hmm. um, to, I think Denver, Colorado was my first. Um, so I got air flighted from Wyoming to Denver, Colorado and underwent my first heart surgery at three weeks old. And, um, prior to that, going back to, um, when they found out, so they told my parents that I had a heart condition and it was very serious and but they needed to figure out what it was mm-hmm. so they needed to do a um a procedure called a heart catheterization and nowadays a heart catheterization is looked at as an outpatient procedure 
so you're in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they told my parents, they said <clears throat> this his heart condition is so serious that he only has a 10% chance of living through this heart catheterization. Wow. And so if he does make it, if he does pull through, then we have to air flight him to Denver, Colorado to have open heart surgery. And, you know, I made it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, Shit. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I survived the, the heart cath, and then I got, I got air flighted to Denver and had my first open heart surgery. In my entire childhood, um, you know, every couple of years or so, um, I had to go in for another heart surgery and it was, it was, a just a step procedure of trying to fix, basically reroute my arteries, yeah. um, to basically have the blood flow from the, the left side, um, basically have the blood flow basically do its thing. So it was normal. Yeah. As normal yeah, the as part that wasn't yeah, working. Right. right. At, you know, as normal as it could be. And, um, so that was my entire childhood. I had my last open heart surgery in 2007. It was August 21st, 2007, two days before my 18th birthday. Wow. And so, um, it was in Ann Arbor, Michigan at, a uh, Mott's Children's Hospital at University of Michigan. And, um, so go down there getting prepped, everything's all good. And I'm like, all right, ready to go. Let's, let's um, take care of this. Go into the, the operating room and I, you know, I black out. Yeah. <laughs> so they, you know, and they did their thing. They said that, uh, the surgery was successful. And, um, then 10 hours later, uh, something happened to where, um, basically my brain like hallucinated and like just freaked out and because of like all the changes that were happening in my body because when I was growing up I I was blue in like my lips and my fingertips and my ears and my toes and it's so, like yeah so bad I had, circulation yeah bad circulation I had very low oxygen levels well this last procedure was to basically fix that Mm. To where I would have not oxygen levels like how you have, but higher, but higher oxygen levels um, to where I wouldn't be blue anymore. So they they believe that because of that drastic change, it just my brain just really freaked out, and I ended up having a forty minute seizure, and it resulted in a cardiac arrest. And so they called my parents and my the family that was down there basically said you know you got to come down here um your son is in cardiac arrest and i can't imagine my like what my parents were feeling i mean they watched me yeah like on the bed like trying to survive and there were doctors and nurses just crowded around my bed and just doing everything that they could to save my life and um i mean by the graces of god and their amazing skills like I survived and I came out better than what I went in, and and that was the last time you've had that, to do it. Yeah, that was the last time. How many surgeries total? Uh, seven. Since from three months old to eighteen. Yep. Wow. So, and I may have to have another one down the road. I don't know. Did they say anything like, "Is this gonna limit your life expectancy or anything like that?" They or no? they thought I well, they didn't think I was gonna live past the three weeks, but then they. 
after they the first surgery they said that I probably won't live um, after five after year five and now I'm I'm 28 and so I guess basically I surprised them mm-hmm. because from what I've been told there's not a lot of people with my condition um, who have survived this long mm-hmm. so there's been health stuff going on with me um, that they don't know why (laughs) so it's like we don't know what's gonna happen with you like now it's just guinea pig style (laughs) so um, I'm just thankful man I'm just thankful that I'm still here and I mean it's sucked going through all that stuff but honestly I think it made me it, it did make me the person that I am today and I just I mean I'm so grateful that I went through those tragic experiences because it made me realize that life is so fragile and you just got to appreciate every single second of mm-hmm. it because you don't know when it's going to end yeah. because at, you know, all, you know, two days before my 18th birthday, like I was expecting to get the surgery done and go home and, you know, my, do my senior year of high school and, you know, just you know, go to college. I'm just thinking yeah. about all this awesome stuff. I almost died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. It, you know, it could happen. It could go away. Just, yeah. you know, just like that. And so with that, that specific um, event, it just made me realize that I need to appreciate the time that I have and I need to do the things that I love and be with the people that I love because you just never know, man. Yeah. Just never know. So to me, I feel like that is why I, I try to be positive. Yeah. And... Because I just, you know, there's there's no reason to be mad about, you know, the petty little things. Because, like I said, it's, you know, we have such little time here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, use that time to, you know, love each other and do the things that you love. And, you know, just, just enjoy life. Go out yeah. and enjoy it. Because you just never know. Yeah. Things happen in an instant. So... Well, that's gonna, that's obviously, you know, uh, probably a big part, I would imagine, then of why you are so motivated and why you have that, uh, that hustler um, mindset as an artist. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, uh, I'm very interested in the, um, the position that you have as an engineer now, Mm -hmm. and especially like audiobooks. I know you work a lot on audiobooks. God, that's got to be like the most tedious fucking thing in the world, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. if it's a boring subject to you. Yeah. Right? Like, how how do you get through that? Man? So when I was working at Amazon, um, that is, you know, that was what I did for you know a good. Uh, I don't know. I did a lot of post work um, at at Amazon, and it was you know just editing you know, little mouth noises, uh, piecing things together. You know, if the if the narrator um, uh, pronounced a word wrong, it was either try and find the right syllables within a different word that would match up, that would, you know, make it sound good. Yeah. Or you would have to call for a reread or wow. whatever. It was very tedious work and um, doing audio books every day, I don't know if I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not at Amazon anymore. I, I contract for a company now, and I do uh, commercial and narration work. So, 
basically um, we have the the company um, they basically help aspiring voiceover artists coach them up to, you know how to use their voice correctly um, just teaching them you know different miking techniques and stuff like that yeah. and then at the end of the curriculum they get to go into a recording studio wherever they're located at they might be uh, the company is located in Vermont and so the client might be in California mm-hmm. and so they're doing their you know coaching sessions and stuff like on Skype or whatever and then they'll do a, um, their recording sessions in a studio in California so um, the company is um, just partnered up with a whole bunch of whole bunch of studios around the country and around the world because we have um, a lot of international clients too Um, and so when when the recording um, the recording sessions are done they are sent over to us at in the post-production department and that's when I take them and I edit the the vocals and you know the dialogue and whatnot, the pacing, uh, make sure all the mouth noises are you know it's, it it is doing the tedious work yeah. like how an audiobook is, but it's not as tedious um, because you do get to be creative with it because after you do all the editing, um, you get to do. You, you know you get to choose the music and you know you, you basically just try and find the right piece of music for that voiceover artist and you know you get to watch a whole bunch of cool you know commercials from the 70s or yeah. from from you know now and you know it could be like a Subaru commercial and then the next one's going to be a GameStop commercial and the next one's going to be um, you know Starbucks or something like that so you know, it it gets really fun. Um, there's a lot of tedious work, but it does get to be fun when you are being creative with it, adding sound effects and just piecing it all together and making yeah. it making it a solid, you know, a solid um product. So it's been fun, man. I, I really do enjoy the job that I have now. Um, and it's cool being able to work from home. And yeah. like I have an office in Trevor City that I work out of, but like I set my own hours and yeah, you know, just whatnot. So it's it's been fun. I've been been very grateful for the job that I have. So, do you get the opportunity, maybe not through your career, or if you do, maybe even, but uh, even just on the side, do you get to work with a lot of uh, artists still, or producing any kind or engineering any kind of music? Um, I haven't. In wow, I think the last like year, uh, year or so, I really haven't done a lot of music production. Um, I think the last project, like the last actual project that I did musically was, um, country artist Drew Hale. I don't know if you know who that is. Mm-hmm. He is local Traverse City, um, country artist. And he came to me, he was, he was working on an EP and he came to me and asked if I would be able to, to mix and master um, his EP. And he was, mm-hmm. it was a four-track EP or something like that. Um, and that was in 2000... Wow, 15? So yeah, it's, it's been a while. It was like the end of 2015. Um, and that was fun, like being able to do different genres not just hip-hop because i mean that's how i started with hip-hop doing my own stuff and and doing friends you know music and whatnot that's how Mm -hmm. i started and 
So then being able to actually do different genres like country and um, I've done some rock and um, some folk stuff and yeah, it's it, it's been fun. It's it's been awesome to be able to um, go into different genres and just kind of see how how it plays into the um, you know just how how you're gonna mix the drums compared to how you would mix the drums in you know in a hip hop song yeah. and like you know just doing a lot of comparisons. It's it, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I haven't done it in a while. And Drew Hill um, is actually. Um, he actually won, I think it was in 2016, he won, uh, the best, he went down to Nashville and won this contest. I can't remember exactly what the contest was, but it was like the best new country artist or something like that. Um, and so he, he won quite a bit of money off of it and then he ended up releasing an album. Um, and I wasn't part of that as far as the engineering process. I wasn't part of it, period. Mm -hmm. Um, but he released that and now he is, um, he actually just got back from Nashville and is working with quite a few big people. So, I mean, he's, he's doing his thing and I'm, I'm very proud of Drew and I'm honored that I get to say that he was one of my clients. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was like my last music project that I, like last full music project. I've dabbled in doing some mastering and some very low-cut mixes for other people but nothing that i really like jumped into so for the layperson uh explain kind of break down uh the difference between mixing mastering what exactly an engineer does um compared to also like what a producer is you know when people hear producers that interchangeable from engineer they two different things what was your job specifically and what are the differences between mixing and mastering and kind yeah. of that whole process so basically, um, I want to go into the, just going into it, um, as far as the producer, the producer is the guy who oversees the entire project. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they're not necessarily the, the engineer. They could be, they, they can could, be, they, they can be, they can be the recording engineer, the mixing engineer. They can be the, they can do the entire thing. Mm -hmm. Um, just how cool nerd is is actually doing everything for me um he's the producer he's the recording engineer mixing engineer he's not the mastering engineer but he's doing like everything else mm -hmm. so basically the producer is just the guy who oversees the project and makes sure that it, it's going in the direction that um they want that the artist wants and that the producer wants mm -hmm. um just making sure it's on the right track mm -hmm. and you know they they give their feedback of hey we should do this at this point in the song you know break down here you know bridge here whatever um so yeah they're just they're just overseeing everything um the recording engineer obviously records the music so they're um they're there sitting at the board or sitting at, at pro tools or whatever um digital audio workstation that they're using and they're pressing record and they, you know they they set up the the session before any um you know, miking any instruments or if it's just vocals, then just send up the mic, trying different miking techniques, you know, to, um, to basically make sure that they're capturing the best take, um, mm -hmm. because different miking techniques, basically the mixing phase starts in the recording phase because you, you can move your mic just a little bit and it changes the, the whole EQ spectrum. And so you're basically, you're mixing in that way. 
Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the, the recording engineer just goes in and you know sets it all up and um, you know, presses record and just basically captures everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's personally, I think it's the most important job because mm -hmm. I think the recording phase. If you don't get the recording phase right, everything else just falls apart. Yeah, I mean, if you capture a turd, you can only polish the turd so well, but it's yeah. still a, a shiny turd at the right, end of right, the day. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, you really got to take time. Uh, I, I've noticed that a lot of people, and I was like this too before I learned all of it, mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to record, get it done, and then have it, you know, go into you know the editing and the mixing process and i was like okay i recorded my vocals it's good good great grand wonderful and that's a wrap but you have to really take time to do it mm -hmm. and you have to make sure that you are capturing the best takes and um that you're just on your game 100 percent. because if you're going in there and you you're sick but you need to record it then yeah. maybe you shouldn't record it right <laughs> you know so yeah just I really think the most important phase is the recording phase. Um, so any art, any any artists out there that are listening, take time on your recording process because that is going to change the entire game. Going to change the entire song. It's going to change everything about your entire album, EP, whatever you're doing. So just take that time and be patient and capture the best takes because it, it definitely does definitely does change everything. So. Then what is the role of mastering at that point? So, mastering. Well, you know, after after the mixing phase, um, mastering is very critical, and basically, it's the uh, the final step in the recording and mixing process. Um, so, mastering can bring out the the best in your mixes by balancing out the frequencies and helping your mixes translate well on the listening environments, you know, in the car, um, on your phone, um, your your Amazon Echo Dot or mm. your HomePod, that's coming out soon. Yeah, uh, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, just basically capturing, um, when you are, when you are mastering, you're basically, basically it's a, how do I want to say it where I don't sound dumb? <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, you just are enhancing the final mix and you're basically getting it to um, the, you know, the radio level to where it's, it's radio ready. And you basically, you master it to where it can translate to all of those other all those other devices and all those other you know areas whether in the car or whatever and so when people hear it on you know pandora or they hear it on spotify or they're you know it comes on the radio or it's playing in you know applebee's or something it's gonna sound good yeah so that's you know basically that's what the master engineer does is just make sure that it sounds it's the polish it's the best version that it can be um and it translates well throughout the world, basically. What's your favorite part of that process? And, and uh, do you like to, uh, like for me, um, definitely not anywhere near any level that you are. But I love mixing a song and mm -hmm. like playing with it and like doing fun things within the mix to just make it 
I don't even know how to say it. To just put creativity into the yeah. mix, you know, yeah. like little things like playing with the pan so things are a little over right. here and there and just the little things, yeah. you know, like I love that kind of stuff. I, yeah, mixing is my favorite um, part of the entire process. I personally, I hate recording. Yeah. I hate being a recording engineer. I'll do it and it's fine, but um because i <laughs> listen know, to everybody fuck up five times in a row well time. yeah that <laughs> do it again you know and i just know because it's it's the it is the most important part and so i just don't like pressure yeah so i feel like i put a lot of pressure on myself and when i'm the recording engineer it's like okay i gotta make sure that i capture everything perfect mm-hmm for this client um because if we don't then it's on me yeah and i just it's just it's too much pressure for me yeah um you know like i said i'll do it and it's it's not a problem but um but yeah mixing is just it's just fun man i like i like being able to go in and you know starting off with you know just getting a a good just a good um balance of of your levels and your panning and and whatnot and then just starting to add your eqs and your compression and you know then you know adding your reverb and doing all that and just really spicing it all up mm-hmm. and i mean there's a lot of technical um a lot of technical technical things that you need to do within the mixing especially for eq and compression because those are the most those are those two are the most important things that you need to do yeah um if you don't have those correct you might as well just throw the <laughs> <laughs> um but being able to like automate certain things, you know, like, you know, having, you know, as far as like volume, like you could have, you know, this part of the sun, you know, like the, you know, the verse, the first verse or something, like just be, you know, at a good, you know, at a good volume and then automate it to where, you know, the chorus comes up a little bit and in, in volume as far as like the vocals and, you know, your, you bring the guitars down a little bit I and mean, just whatnot. Just just being able to to shape the song with mm-hmm. you know with automation. I love I love playing with automation. It is it is my favorite thing. Um, just being able to sweeten the song. And for people that don't understand how much work goes into that, like an average song, what three and a half minutes? Mm-hmm. How much time sitting in front of a computer goes into a three and a half minute song? As far as mixing, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I would say at least four hours. Per song. Per song. Wow. Now, is that um, just for a client that's paying you good money to have it perfect? Or is that something you would do for yourself or, you know, a Jay Rosa or somebody like that as well? Um, well, I've, I've had a lot of clients who, especially with hip-hop, um, clients, th- those clients they they get their beats and it's you know it could very well just be a two channel stereo wave file Mm -hmm. and you know they they bought it off of you know SoundClick or whatever they have a lease just a standard lease yeah so they get the wave and the mp3 and if they know that you know wave is a higher quality Mm -hmm. um file then they're going to send you the the wave uh, but you only have a, a two-channel stereo wave to where it's a mix it's already a mixed version of the beat and then now you just have vocals. So mm-hmm. now it's like, you can't really go into a full mix. You're so limited with that two channel stereo wave. If you have the tracked out instrumentation, then you get to go in and have fun. And yeah. it's, it's actually, it's really, really fun. 
Um, what was your original question? <laughs> <on that? laughs> uh, just like you said about four hours per track. Yeah. Uh, is that like the same amount of time you'd put into a paying client? Or is that like something you do for yourself or one of your homies at the if, same time? It depends on what I have to work with. Mm. You know, if, if I do have the two channel stereo wave file and that's it as far as all of the instrumentation and then I just have to mix vocals with that, um, it is going to take less time because yeah. I'm limited. But if I have everything there, yeah, I'm going to spend four hours on, on it. Wow. It doesn't matter who it is. Yeah, I, I want to put out the best product possible. Mm-hmm. So, because that's a that's a reflection of my work you know mm-hmm. so i don't care if it's if it's uh you know jay rose or if it's sheep or if yeah. it's or if it's drew hale or if it's yeah. eminem himself right, <laughs> you know yeah. like don't matter i'm gonna i'm gonna try and make it the best possible so right on um man you know like we made it through uh an hour easy here a little over and like wow. i haven't even looked at my list or anything <laughs> since which is awesome. Um, I did want to hit on though before we wrap up here. I try okay. to keep them close to an hour-ish. Just talk about like what you got coming up now. So like, what's Coded yeah. Reason got coming out? You, you mentioned you have an EP you're working on. Yeah. What is that project gonna kind of be like, and what do you plan to do with it, and what's your future direction with yeah. all that? So the whole transition of going into Coded Reason, um, you know, it was the reason why I transitioned into. A new artist's name is because Codeman is, you know, it, he doesn't exist anymore because that's not who I am uh-huh. anymore. And yeah. then, you know, we talked about that briefly. And, mm-hmm. um, so it's just, it, basically, it's starting brand new. It's debut projects, you know, basically, I'm treating it as I've never done this before, as far as like I've never put out a, pro- a yeah. project before or anything like that. Um, and so the EP, it's, it's self-titled, it's called Coded Reason. Um, the EP, it, it consists of six songs. And uh, basically, I'm gonna treat it as, gonna release it on all platforms, on iTunes and um, Amazon, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere that we can get it mm-hmm. um, on all digital platforms. Um, planning on, um, getting physical copies printed up and i know that's people still buy those right right exactly can Um, i go to sam goody and pick that up yeah yeah. (laughs) i actually bought you know i actually bought um the actual physical copy of nf's perception at the show at the show yeah that's you know shows cds will still sell pretty good yeah i don't think people really go to stores or buy them offline but at a show yeah for sure yeah that's that's the only way I'll buy a physical copy is if I go to a show because mm-hmm. to me it, it means more. It reminds me of you know my experience at that show. Right. Yeah. So, um, and you're supporting the artist directly. Exactly. You exactly. Know. So yeah, um, you know, planning on doing a lot of you know promo and giveaways and stuff like that with this project. Not not entirely um, sure how yet, mm-hmm. but. I'm, I'm trying to do this in an entirely different way than what I did with Codeman. And I'm not trying to just, hey, I have music. Go and listen to it. Yeah. I want to do it in a very, very creative way and in a way that people engage with it. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's the most important thing. you got to have people engaging with the music because if all they do is just like the post, which is good. I mean, you, you know, like the post on Facebook or sure. like the you know video on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. 
But if they're not subscribing or liking your page or they're not commenting and they're not sharing it or whatever, it, it fails. It flops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've all been there. I've had a lot of songs that just didn't do anything because I didn't market it or promote it correctly. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, like I said, we've all been there. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I've been, I've taken a lot of the years that I've just been sitting and not doing anything, but always like, I've always had it in the back of my mind, like, I'm going to come back and do music. I'm going to come back and do music. And yeah. I just never did. Yeah. But I was always brushing up and reading on how I should do this, how I should market, how I should promote it. And, you know, I learned from a lot of great people that just know how to do it. You know, they've been touring, you know, all over the world. They've sold hundreds and thousands and millions of, you know, CDs and whatnot. So obviously they know what they're talking about. So I'm trying to really just capture, basically copy that, copy what they're doing and implementing it into what I do with the new EP and and whatnot. But um, I just really hope that I, uh, that the new music is a true reflection of this new artist, you know. Do you feel like it is? Like you said, you've you've already written the music. Yeah, know? yeah, I feel like it is. Um, I feel like, um, I feel like if, when when people listen to it, they you know, if if you were a Code Man fan, you probably will hear. You know, some code man, you know, like, oh yeah, that reminds me of code man, you know, whatever, because it's just who I am, you know? Yeah. But, um, as far as the content and whatnot, I'm trying, you know, I tried to, you know, stay away from certain things that I did as code man. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just really hope that with the, the promotion and the marketing and even the way that it's being created, um, I just really hope that we we take it to a you know a, a good proper level to where we can actually start making some some buzz and you know make a good movement with it and you know down the road i want to bring back my charity and you know i want to you know i want to mix my music and with my charity and just start doing it for you know to help people it's it's not about me selling cds it's not about me making money or anything like that i don't care mm. i'm not trying to be famous yeah that 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 dream is long gone that was a code man dream right yeah and so i'm not i'm not trying to be famous i'm just trying to be able to show what i can do in hopes that it inspires somebody mm-hmm. and i want to be able to use my music as the platform of being able to help others and having the charity that jay rose and i started back in 2013 and that's been just kind of sitting there and I haven't really done anything with it because of me moving to Arizona and just yeah. life happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to bring that back. We really do. Um, whether or not it's going to happen this year, it's going to happen next year, it's going to happen the year after that, don't know. Um, but just taking it one step at a time. And I just really hope that the music, um, the music resonates with everybody very well and um, it can start pushing me to to actually bring the charity back and um, being able to 
actually start helping people and doing you know fundraiser events and concert events and you know bringing other artists you know up and volunteering to perform or you know donating a song for a compilation CD or something like that yeah and just just collaborating and just just working with great artists and um hoping to help you know families and whatnot so yeah. you're all in at this point that's your... all in man you know i just you know it's not for me getting back into music it wasn't uh hey let's just try this again and see what happens right it's, yeah i need to go all in i need to do it 100 percent. if it doesn't happen then it doesn't happen mm. then whatever but I need to at least try because it's <coughs> obviously it's still there for me it's still itching at me like hey you need to do this yeah and whether that is god like saying hey you know go go and do this you need to do this this has been your path forever i don't know mm-hmm. um or if it just flops and i'm just not supposed to do it then so be it yeah. but i'm gonna put in my 110 percent and try and do it the best way I can as coded reason um and do it in a way that hopefully inspires other people and um they can you know listen to my music and feel happiness sadness whatever they, yeah you know whatever what, whatever it's gonna be but they're inspired by it and yeah I just just hope for the best you know yeah I respect the shit out of that man it's it's uh it's a hard thing to do to get back into it after you've been done and then just the the positive message that you're gonna try to to do with that Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just fucking awesome um right. well last thing here i wanted to mention way off topic here um just looking at you here you kind of look like this wrestler tomaso champa (laughs) you said do you do you see that in you in Uh, a little bit a little bit i guess maybe having no hair and Kind of growing the beard. I'm not. It's a, I'm, the thinner I'm, nose and and yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm nowhere. I'm nowhere with the beard, but um, maybe too. Yeah, it's younger and that's yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just it just stood out to me. Just, <laughs> a shorter beard there. Yeah, there we go. But uh, yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> anyway, well, I don't I don't have the muscles like that. Yeah, nor will that. I ever. <laughs> yeah. 